All right, on today's show, we are talking about competitively pricing your home, even in today's hot market. Stay tuned. All right, hello, everybody. I'm Peter Toring. And I'm Chris Van Bell. And this is the Homes Real Estate Podcast, where we talk everything related to Southeastern Michigan real estate. So today we're talking about we have an insanely hot market here in, in Macomb County and in South, you know, Southeast Michigan. But do you still need to competitively price your home? Can you just get any price that you want for your home? Right. And, and now remember, this is something that we've already revisited on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the even, market's changed even since then. Yeah. Was about so a year even ago, though the market's it changed. was a hot market, it's a super hot market, but it's a different kind of hot market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you see, it was even a year ago, uh, you may have been pricing your house and you know trying to get anything you wanted. Buyers were coming in with there's multiple offers. You know, everything is going insane, which there still is a lot of that. Absolutely. But what we are seeing more of is that the houses that aren't priced correctly are actually sitting on the market a little bit longer. You might see those houses sit on for two weeks or three weeks. If even if they're off, we had this is a perfect perfect uh, evidence here. We had an agent in our office. She was priced at uh, two let's say let's say two hundred and fifty thousand. She came back two hundred and forty nine thousand. A little bit of a picture refresh. Things gone. Yeah, and, close. and these things are sticking out like a sore thumb. I mean, you know when somebody's trying to get ahead of the market, trying to get in front of everything that's already happening, and they're just sitting and sitting and sitting. When, mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird when we say you see something on the market for three weeks. Um, yes, that's an anomaly. Deal. Yeah, it's a red flag if a property's on the market for three so weeks. So is there something really wrong with it, or is it just the price? And once we look and see the comps in the area, usually it's the price. Yeah, but a lot of buyers... You, you've got four to six seconds to grab a buyer. If they see that you've been on the market for three weeks, they might assume that, hey, there's something wrong with this house. Right. But the, like the weird thing is um, when you see the property that's overpriced and then you get the price adjusted so it's correct, it'll often sell for the, the price that was crappy mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. It's because there's the, the, you know, the market demand is there. But it's also the – I think there's this element of um, – I think we've seen buyers have said, I'm not – offering anything below list price you know maybe i'll uh, you know and so when if you see the house maybe you know, maybe the house is worth you know two hundred and forty five thousand, and you're listed for 250 your buyer comes in and says hey i think this is worth 245 but i'm not going to offer that because i'm assuming that it's going to go over uh, you know it's a different situation than you know house is worth 245 you know it's listed at 245 and they say wow i think this is worth that Maybe I'll even go above list to get this property. And I, I'm pretty thankful that the uh, while well, we've been able to help educate our, our buyers and buyers in general are are pretty savvy now. They're pretty educated. Mm-hmm. They know what they're in for. They know that there's not a deal to be had. Yeah, they know the market. And they understand the inventory. They know going in that they're most likely going in at or above full price. Mm-hmm. They may be giving up some occupancy. They may have to have a guaranteed appraisal. There's a lot of different things we're seeing a lot more of right now. Yeah, and I think it go, comes back to, as a seller, if you want to make sure that you're getting the most money for your property. And I, I don't know that I subscribe to this idea of you know, pricing intentionally low with the thought of having a bidding war, because I've seen yeah. that backfire as well. You get 10 offers that are all within five grand. And I, we've had that happen before, where you know, if you're not uh, too low, uh, you know, a lot of your offers come in, and it might be close to list price. And you might have these 10, o- you, you might have multiple offers, mm-hmm. but nothing is way above and beyond what your list price is. No, that's setting yourself up for failure, and you're not bringing the the right buyer mm-hmm. that you are looking for to come in. If you price it accordingly right from the beginning, don't go too high. Don't try to play the, oh, I'm going to go low and get multiple offers game. Price it right, and you'll see the results pretty quickly. Yeah, so a lot of times we talk about this where price comes down to timeline. 
do you need to sell quickly? Do you need to sell yesterday? Do you need to sell in three months? And if you don't need to sell right away, you can price a little bit differently. But the it, what it comes down to is it it's not only, well, I can see if I can wait this out and see if another offer will come along. It's that properties, this is, we're looking at a cliff where there's one week and then there's maybe a slope on two weeks you know, where, where yep. you're still seeing good market activity and then it drops off where you know now have got buyers that are not looking at this property at all because you know, with all of our auto notifiers, with all of the you know our constant searches and every time I search, I'm searching by newest days on market because I want to see those new hot properties. If you're 35 days down the road, you might not even get a look. No, that, that's absolutely true because again, we the impression is there that it's overpriced or something is, is just wrong with the property. Or it's just not being seen. You know, if, if you if especially if you've got buyers that are, you know, counting on their agent to search, they said we're all searching on buying newest properties. And if it's not in the newest properties, I'm assuming that I've already seen it, my buyer didn't like it, and I'm moving on. You know, sometimes if we're in a slow period, I'll look back, hey, did anything price change? You know, is anything hanging around in the market right. that we might be able to get a deal on? But for the here and now buyers, we're looking at those new properties. Well, and that again is because they're going so darn fast. We want to see the things that are on the market in mm-hmm. under a week. Yeah. I, I want to see them that day if I can. Well, absolutely. You know, so that is that's one you know, one reason to price your house competitively. Now, how do you do this? How do you make sure that your home is priced correctly? How do you come in? You know, when we come in to list your home, how do we make sure that we're we're on target? Because this is a subjective. A lot of people will ask, "Well, should I get my home appraised before uh, you know before I put it on the market?" And, and some people do, but uh, we knowing. What a lot of appraisers look for, even though we don't really get inside their heads mm-hmm. because that's a unique mindset. Yeah, um, to say the you, least. You know, we start, I, I'm sure you do the same thing. We start out with a, as vast of a comparable pool and try to bring it down as as close and narrow to the, the property we're, we're listing without it being like one or two properties. Mm-hmm. We, I, I look for like six properties, eight properties total. Yep, uh, I like I, to see... I like to see five or six solds, maybe pending, and maybe one or two actives. See what yeah. you're competing against. I, I want to see. I want to see the competition now. If we're fighting against, I don't want to say fighting, but if we're going against somebody that wants to go on that high, high end, I might bring in some of the expireds and say, "Hey, look, the, these are the 15 that I'm showing you that expired, and here's their price point. There were a few more, but I didn't want to waste the paper on it." Yeah, the, I, I view it as a line, and so we, we pull out what's called a pricing line, and on this, I might show. All right, this is where the vast majority, you know, here's a range of 300 to 400,000. Here are the vast majority of the sales. Here's where you want to sit. Where do we sit within that median range? Uh, you know, we always say that, that it's it's just like, a, a, you know, for those of us who are boaters, it's like Lake St. Clair. We've got this top water current that's moving very quickly through. We have this kind of, you know, like the middle of the water column. Things are still kind of moving, but maybe they're not quite as, as fast. And then you have this, you know, sludge sitting at the bottom, uh, yep. you know. And and that's where we, where do we want to be? You know, are we okay with being in that middle? You never want to be at the bottom. You know where you're overpriced. You're not getting any activity. If you're not having at least five showings a week, you don't have enough activity. Uh, a week. You know. Well, no. I mean, that's a, if, right if, now if, it's if like on the twenty end, on the first day. Yeah, but if you're on the high end, if you said, "Hey, I want to price high," five yeah. showings a week. And the, and that's a discussion we have with our sellers. You know, mm-hmm. if if we're not getting some good activity in that first week, we have to make a decision immediately yeah um, and sometimes i'm i'm a little jumpy if we're, we don't have a showing in two days yeah uh, i i really want to have a conversation with my sellers on that and part of that is because you have that fall off cliff of properties not being seen after you know a week or two on the market those first few days are crucial you know so i'm the same way I'm, it's becoming very very important to watch the market 
uh, you know, maybe you have something that you didn't realize. What I want to make sure first is I want to make sure when we look at price reductions, is everything else right? So I look at I look on Zillow and on Trulia and Realtor.com and on the MLS. Who's looking at the property? How many views are we getting? Uh, you know, how many of those views are converting into showings or into inquiries from agents? Right. You know, out of those showings, we're getting any offers. And I want to kind of work backwards and see where things have gone wrong first in the marketing. And then that's when we look at price and say, okay, we've, all the marketing is right. We've you know, have X amount of thousands of people have seen it. You know, X amount have clicked, X amount of contacted an agent, but this is how many have shown it. And if you do that, it's very easy to nail down, okay, this is the price point that's wrong. Uh, and then I like to go back to and see, is there anything new that's come on the come on the market is there anything new that's gone pending is there anything new that's closed and, and sometimes if it's really close or, or, or you know like comparable to your property you might want to go take a visit mm-hmm. you know, it's something we do all the time we we want to know what looks looks better worse or, or different about this property that just came on the market and then maybe call that agent too and say hey how's your showings going yep. and you have any offers yet one thing too i like to do is i look at when i'm when i come through look at our competition i don't just look at like when we do comparables, we're within a mile, or in this, we're trying to be the same neighborhood. Sometimes in the same subdivision, not even a mile. Yeah, and if we're doing, but if we're doing, you know, competition or active listings, I might, I might blow that out to within five miles away. I might do a whole city and say, hey, what is in your exact, you know, uh, if I'm a buyer, what's my showing tour going to look like? If it includes your home, what other homes is it going to include? Absolutely. And we know that the vast majority of buyers do not come to us and say. I want to be in this subdivision. There are those buyers that are there, but there's very, very few of them. It's, well, sometimes we can expand a school district. Somebody's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to be in school district X. So yeah. let's expand it to that whole school district and see what's selling. Yeah, and see, all right, what's on the market? What's comparable to you? What's better than yours? Where is it priced? What's worse than yours? Where is it priced? And then that's an easy way to kind of go from there. Uh, but I think that hitting the sweet spot, it's not always an easy thing to do, especially if you have a, no. a, a unique property, and which is why we spend... Uh, you know, I think I'm even maybe more careful about pricing now than I was when things weren't as hot because I know I've got a short window. Well, you, we have the short window, and then in some instances, the appraisers, the appraisals aren't really catching up to where the market's going. It takes a little bit of time for all that information to get out and recorded, so the appraisers can see these homes selling over value. So sometimes we're we're getting hit. Yeah, and it's. Uh, when you're preparing for an appraisal, what I want to make sure is if you're a homeowner, you're getting ready to list your home, especially if you have what we would consider to be over-improved for the neighborhood. So you've right. done all the updates. Maybe your neighbors haven't. This would be very common if you live in like a um, but like a late 1980s to late 1990s subdivision. A lot of those, they're getting kind of old enough where maybe you've done a couple things, you replaced countertops, but the vast majority of those homes haven't been complete, completely overhauled. Well, yeah, this is... and. That list is so important to give to the appraiser. Mm-hmm. Maybe you did put that lifetime roof on there or something special with the furnace system. Maybe you have heated floors or, or something you don't typically see in these homes. Yeah. But it's great to let the appraiser know because he's not going to go out of his way to look. No, and if you have, maybe you remodel the bathroom. Okay, did you go for the upgrades in that bathroom? Did you go for just you know your standard builder-grade builder ceramic? Did you go for you know, you know terrazzo floors or marble, right. you know, marble tile or whatever else? Because the appraiser is not going to necessarily know that just by looking. So having a list of those upgrades that you've done can be really helpful. And as well, I think also it's important for us as agents to get in contact with the appraiser and say, hey, this is my thought. This is where I came from when I priced the property. What do you think? And, you know, are there any, you know, do you have differing comps? Do you have not enough comps? I think it's really important. Yeah, I like to include, I like to put a folder together for the appraisers. And and I like to make sure I have in there. Um, what I did for my CMA, I like to make sure that I have my comps in there 
and I explain, I explain, you know, in person, why did I use these and, and why it worked out when we listed the property? Yeah. And especially if there's, um, something special about the property, maybe it's lakefront, maybe it's got an in-ground swimming pool, maybe it's got an oversized lot. And I want to make sure that I point out in those comparables, hey, by the way, this is the one that I used. It also had that great finished basement or that great oversized lot or that great, you know, waterfront, you know, extra, you know, we do a lot of waterfronts here, Harrison Township, St. Clair Shores, Chesterfield, you know, the like. What's the canal like? You know, is it on a great, is it on a great, because you got to think about it. Your appraiser might not be a boater. They have no idea the value that an unrestricted, uh, you know, a non-bridge restricted canal has to a buyer. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that's something that you got to look at is if you say, well, hey, I'm, I'm looking at a property within, let's say, like if on Huron Point versus on Elm Lane. Oh, okay, God. well, this is a pretty big deal. This yeah. is a difference. Well, that that's a massive difference, especially like you're saying to the boaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got a nice, maybe 40, 50, 60 foot boat, that bridge is going to kill you. Right. And and that makes a big difference, and that, that certainly adds value to the home. Yeah, so it, it comes down to having, um, uh, if we're going to lay out the, the the tips for competitively pricing your home. Number one, um, I, this is what I first and foremost, is hire an agent who's got hyper-local market knowledge, someone who understands, who can come in and explain to you, this is what your ha- house has, this is what it doesn't, and be open-minded about it. You know, not just think, hey, this is my house, and so it's the best house. Right. Try and take an ob- step back, take an objective look at your oh, home. Memories don't add value. Yeah, which it's, it sounds bad, but you know your home. You have to step back and look at how your home. We this is one of the things we say in the listing consultation when we walk through. If I was, if you were walking through as a buyer, what would you notice about the home? You know, are there any smells? Are there any updates that you'd need to do? Some of those things that maybe you wouldn't and, notice as a home. And buyer. that's one of the things. Until you put them in that mindset, they kind of overlook it. But but. When you tell them, look at it as if you were buying it, mm-hmm. that opens their eyes because there's a lot of things that they've become maybe nose blind to or blind to in general that they see every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just noticed I didn't dust those fans in so long. Oh, bingo. Yep. That's something you don't think about, but when you're looking at it as a buyer, that's something you can see. And a little bit of a dirty house is going to deplete from a potential offer too. Yeah. So I think the second step would be looking at the comps, looking at the unique features, and looking at hyper-localized comps. So don't necessarily just look at the homes that have sold in your neighborhood because the homes that have sold in your neighborhood might be a thousand square feet bigger than you. They might have two additional bathrooms or uh, you know, a finished basement. Look very hyper-localized, very, very similar to your home uh, when you're looking at those comps or when your agent's going over them with you. you know, make sure that you're not just saying, oh, I saw this house in my neighborhood. It sold for this, so I must be able to sell for this. And that's the worst when we're at a home and we, we hear, oh, you know, the Johnson's house down the street sold for you know three hundred twenty thousand. so i think we're close well you're in a ranch they're in a colonial mm-hmm. um let there's a lot of differences and it goes so, the opposite way too where all yeah. oh, my, oh my neighbor only sold for this and my house is much nicer you, you know so that that can that pendulum can swing both ways oh yeah we hear that one quite a bit too yeah so uh that would be kind of our second tip our, our really our third tip i think is it's really not when you're when you're actually pricing it's afterwards and it's being aware, like we said, of that, being very, very aware of what that you know market activity report looks like, you know, within days, you know, se- I'm going to say seven days at the very, very, very most. I, I most. think that's waiting too long because you're definitely going to going to have a, a temperature of how that house is going to perform. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say roughly within the first two to three days. I think that's the sweet spot. I think there are some people that say, hey, uh, you know, it also depends too what's your situation. Have we had? A couple of days to kind of you know get things prepared to make sure our, our professional photography is all loaded in. Is everything 
you have your listing ready to go. So before you're ready to list, make sure that you meet with your agent maybe a week, two weeks, or three weeks before you want to actually get on the market. Make sure all that fresh photography is done. Make sure all you know their their ad campaigns are ready to go. Make sure everything is off the ground so that when you're ready to launch, you're full launch mode. You're not waiting for comments or waiting for you know everything to syndicate out properly. You're in full launch mode. Right. We got to keep in mind there's there's some of the uh, syndicated sites that take a day or two to get to. So yeah. So yeah. if you don't upload pictures, you know if you have one picture day one, you you might have upload you know you have one you know one picture day two on Zillow. Yeah, and you know, or, or an hour ten when you should have had thirty five or forty pictures. And, and of course, I just had an anomaly on that. I I was asked to immediately list a property, which is something like we're talking about. We don't usually do. We mm-hmm. like the consultation and go through the process to get our professional photographer out there. As my photographer was there, I mean, we had showings getting requested and and offers coming in. But it's part of our process, mm-hmm. you know. Even though we have offers coming in, our our photographer's still going there. Yeah, and and we still do these things because you don't know if something's going to fall through or right. And you say, hey, we're going to hold this for you know we're not going to accept offers for three days. We're going to we're going to give everybody a shot to get in there, right. know, because if I'm not, here's my thought is, everybody's got different thoughts on this, but my thought is, if you accept, sometimes the first offer is the best offer, but if if you've got multiple offers, why not give everybody a chance to to kind of get through the property and then truly look at what the best offer is? And when we're talking to our clients, we're not trying to turn it into a bidding war or anything. No. We want what's best for them. It's not about waiting for multiple offers. If if, if an offer comes in, that's like a slam dunk. If it's ten thousand over cash, yeah, it might nothing. just be hey. hey, you know, sign it. Don't even bother. But if you have multiple people taking a look at the property and you you want to give the buyers just as much of, of a chance to get their offer right. in and seen, um, but ultimately we're doing what's best for our seller. And the funny thing is here is price might not always be the main concern. Absolutely. You know, it might be that, you know, it's much more, especially if you have a, a property that maybe is over-improved, do they have an appraisal guarantee? How much money are they putting down? Do they have some extra cash? What's what's their financing terms? Are they cash? Well, that's another thing that... Say, you know, uh, these are all things to look at. Uh, where agents are using that as a negotiating tool, I think that's ridiculous coming in 10, 20 grand over with no guarantee. If you want to if you wanna put yourself out there like that... Put your money where your mouth is. You better have a guarantee. I yeah. There is no way any one of us are going to recommend that our client accepts an offer that we know is going to get knocked down by an appraisal. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah, that silly. Being said, if you know that we've got strong comps in the area that can go 20K over, the property's listed low, something like that, it's, you know, there's some situational bias there, but it's certainly something to be aware of and be, you know, and also as a buyer's agent to be aware of, you know, do if, you know, if my client's money's on the line, is this an appropriate property to put an appraisal guarantee on? Oh, absolutely. I hate to see a client walking in with, 20 grand extra out of pocket. Yeah. And that's something that we've, we've talked about this before on the buy side. We're not the type of agents that are going to pressure you into, into a bad offer terms. No. Cause mm-hmm. I, if ultimately if we save you money, I mean, that looks good for us and yeah. then you feel good about your purchase. That's what we want to do. Excellent. We don't want to spend anybody's money. Yep. All right. Well, Hey, this is fantastic stuff about competitive pricing. Again, follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube. Please subscribe. Find us out on Facebook, myself at facebook.com slash home and Macomb, Chris at slash Chris Van Bell Realtor. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Take care.